Hello and welcome to the Social Recruiting Show. I'm Katrina Collier, candidate, engagement author and speaker. I'm of course joined by the gorgeous Audra Knight, employer branding genius nerd or whatever I'm calling her this week. She could be anything. I'm sure you're a little bit excited about this week's guest. We have Chad Sovash. One half of Chad and Cheese. And the better half. Two. The better half of Chad and Cheese. Oh, too, too exciting. Um, please put a headset on if you're at work. I get the feeling yeah, this won't know. be safe for work. <laughs> Welcome to the Social Recruiting Show. I'm glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Now, Chad, I actually first got to know you, I think it was five or six years ago when you did a webinar for Career Arc back in that day because I worked for Career Arc. Yeah, and I remember yeah. the webinar was super good and that you were someone to kind of really follow in the space. So I'm excited that we're finally chatting. Can you uh, let people know, you know what you're doing at Catch22 and your podcast? Yeah. So, I mean, I, I'm kind of dating myself. I've been in the industry since before Monster was Monster. Uh, I was with Monster when it launched in January of 99. Uh, back on, on that day, I think I was at Direct Employers as a VP at Direct Employers for 10 years um, and working directly with major Fortune 500 companies and, and talent acquisition, um, generally VPs of global uh, talent acquisition uh, systems, uh, working with partners. So, I mean, this has been kind of my, my thing for the last Whew, 20 years. Uh, but uh, right now, uh, Chad, and Chee uh, Chad and Cheese, the podcast, if you're not listening, I don't know what the hell your problem is. Okay. Chadcheese.com. Go to wherever you can subscribe for podcasts. This it is, is not a safe for work. Yeah, not a safe for work. <laughs> Not a safe for work type of uh, type of podcast, but go to uh, iTunes, wherever you get it. Just look for the Chad and Cheese podcast. Um, it is recruitment industry specific. Uh, just listen um, on the Catch 22 side of the house. Yeah, I, right now, because of the podcast and the notoriety and whatnot, I'm getting a ton of startups and companies that have been around for a while who are trying to pivot and, and really just kind of um, rejuvenate who they are, their brand and their product and whatnot, coming to me to see if I can help from a consulting standpoint uh, to be able to do that. This year, um, I'm backing away from that a little bit to be able to focus on um, Chad and Cheese Global Domination. We're gonna be, uh, we're gonna be in London at Wreckfest. We're gonna be at TA Tech in Lisbon. We're gonna be, um, uh, at Unleash uh, in Paris. We're going to Banff here in a few weeks to this awesome, I'd never heard of it before. It's called the Ga the Cult Gathering and it is huge brands um, and it's all about branding and marketing. Never heard of it before because it didn't really have really any employer brand appeal. Well, they're trying to bring that in one of the founders found us and they pulled us in and said, you guys have to be a part of this. So we're going to be in Banff in the Canadian that to her bucket list. Yeah, no, it is awesome. <laughs> I see her face go, I'm so going to talk about <laughs> it's, like, it's like a Canadian South by Southwest because right. they have, they have, a, they have music at the end of it. So you go through yeah. this whole thing. So anyway, that's kind of, you, you know, happen to know the URL Debbie's asking for a link. Yeah. Forget yeah, speaking. I, it. I don't play at it. <laughs> Do what? Forget speaking. I want to play at it. Uh, yeah, you're right. Uh, just go we to have Google. employer branding and base over here. Just go to Google <laughs> and put in the uh, the cult gathering. It's cultgathering.com. Cool. Uh, it's yeah, it's 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 really cool. Uh, so check it out. We're gonna be there, and and hopefully we'll uh, that'll be something that we do uh, every year. 
So the companies that you're advising, are they in the HR tech recruitment space? Yeah, they're in the tech recruitment space. Uh, whether they're startups, I mean, I work with talent acquisition, but in most cases, they always plead that they don't have any money. Uh, and uh, to, I mean, in, in a lot of what they want me to do from an advising standpoint, uh, I don't want to say it's boring, but it's more process oriented. Uh -huh. So I've been working with a lot of startups and I've been working with uh, brands that you've come to know, love and probably hate over the years and in, 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 on the uh, on the vendor side to try uh -huh. to uh, help them spin who they are, what they do. Uh, and I mean, this is this has just been a great economy for not just startups, but for companies who really understand that they need to break out of whatever the mold they've been in. And, uh, you know, I, I'm one of those guys that can generally help. Now, do you still do um, like diversity and veteran, a veteran consultant or is it more this HR tech side now? It's, it's mainly on the HR tech side. And the reason being, I mean, I've built veteran hiring programs for major fortune 500 companies i mean and we've blown up their 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 veteran hiring um you know into the 20 percent range of uh oh. of some of the locations yeah. Um, yeah but here's the thing that's so good. as all these companies talk about veteran hiring and diversity hiring and it's so important it's all bullshit. they don't, don't put do any it. money to it. they don't put any money to it if you mm. want something if you want to do something uh, you've got to put, you've got to allocate resources and cash. If you don't do that, no budget. It, I have companies coming to me saying, "Well, what free resources can we use?" That I just turn around and walk the other way. You're, you're not, you're not committed. You are interested. And yep. when you get to the committed phase, come and have a conversation with me. Until then, fuck off. I don't have time for you. Mm. Makes sense. Makes a lot of sense. So, who is doing it well then? Who did throw money in it? I, some of my clients. So one one of the one of the companies that I did work with, um, and they and they really blew it out of the water. They listened and uh, they cared. Was the Ford Motor Company? Uh, it was funny because you know you have um, veterans who work yeah. within those companies, um, but they aren't veterans, military veterans who have talent acquisition um, background. So you mm -hmm. have like a piece of it, and they're excited and they want to be a part of it. Um, they just need direction and, mm. and they had an amazing, uh, resource group, employee, employee resource group we could draw upon, uh, yeah. not to mention, not to mention they really were committed. Um, and there's some other companies that are out there that are, that are very committed to it. But the big key is, um, being efficient and ensuring that you're focusing on ROI because it's any type of your business, like any type of your business. If you're doing this and it helps and you can see the positive impact um, when the economy is down, you don't chuck it away because that's yeah. what happens in most cases. You see it in college recruiting. You see it mm -hmm. in diversity recruiting, veteran recruiting. It's like, oh, yeah, we can't really get in. We can't show an ROI. So, yeah, we'll, we'll bring it back uh, later. Right. Um, when you, when you actually, too. sometimes I'm seeing that can happen with just employer branding initiatives too. Like you have some trouble or you're having layoffs and you say, and that's the person that goes before the recruiters because they're not yeah. putting seats there. Well, so I have, I mean, I have a huge issue with employer brand. Mm. My biggest issue is, my biggest issue is they're not tying to the business. <laughs> they're not tying to the business. If they tied to the business and they actually showed how they're impacting sales. And, and I'm going to go back mm. to an old,
with Virgin Media demonstrated that yeah. shitty candidate user experience negatively impacted their bottom line sales. Mm -hmm. Nobody cares about anything until somebody starts talking about revenue that's being lost or yeah. revenue that can prospectively be won. So they yeah. lost six million dollars which is probably a drop in the hat for them but still lost six million dollars but the the really net knew that they could have if they retained and also hmm. pulled some of those candidates that um did not subscribe to their service they could have been net positive 13 million dollars and that's just a start right so when employer brand gets to the point and talent acquisition gets to the point where they understand what real business is, then I want to have that conversation. It's all this fluffy bullshit about, oh, it makes me feel good. But no, I also think there's the other, the other element, though, is you need your management to yes. also yes. go. Well, the same thing as you were saying. company sucks, so we don't need six employer branding people over here telling the world how amazing it is because actually our whole employee experience is so bad we need to sort that out. That happens too. Data, how's it, how's it impact well, all problem. those individuals? If talent acquisition or the heads, they're saying we want an employer brand person or one of these initiatives, but if they have an ATS that's dusty and the source of hire is a drop down, you pick your source of hire. Like not, you know, for a lot of companies, it's like, how can they even track, if they can't even track applications and hires, like what do you expect? They need the tools to do that. And Virgin mm -hmm. had that yeah. agency that's been a ton but of also, money. How can you, even if your employees are unhappy, like how can you actually quantify that productivity wise? They, they guess, they don't really know. Yeah, if your employees, and that's an entirely different discussion. So you're well, diverting. because no, to me, um, employer branding is no, all related I, to happy employees. I get it. There are specific areas that you have to have focus and priority because you can't work at all of it at the same time. Mm. If the first thing that you should do is definitely shore up your employees, right? Mm -hmm. Because retention is the biggest key. Yeah. It's the biggest key. Once you get that done, then you can start to move toward experience and to see how it could prospectively be negatively impacting your bottom line. Mm -hmm. Not just the candidates that you're bringing in or not bringing in, but your actual bottom line. When you start talking dollars and cents, that's what that's what the CEO and president cares about. And if 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 the CHRO or or the global head of uh, talent acquisition can actually take data that shows dollars and cents data, hmm. then then guess guess who's now at the at at at, at the big person table? Hmm. Yeah, because that's what matters. Hmm. It's I think it comes out of the tools though. They just don't have the tools to track it right. A lot of companies. And also, they don't have a conversation uh, yeah. with employee engagement person. I always see employer brandings over here in recruitment, employee engagements over here in HR, and they're not talking, which seems oh, crazy. Or there's, if there's a fear in the company, like you could have all of the survey and feedback and instant feedback and whatever technology you wanted. But if you have fear to answer honestly, it's mm -hmm. never going to tell the truth. That's where I know everyone shoots down, but that's where I love the likes of Glassdoor and Comparably yes. and all of these where you can go, oh, well, they left and this is what they said. And if you've got 20 that say the same thing, there's a chance, there's a common thread there that should be addressed. Well, real quick on the systems piece, even back 10 years ago, uh, when I was working with major Fortune 500 very, companies very closely on being able to gather that data, most of their systems had the... Um, ability to gather the data, whether it's uh, referral URLs or whatever it might be, they had the ability, 
but their admins, the actual admins working in the seat had no clue how to do anything. So therefore, it was the applicant tracking system's fault, which was total bullshit. It wasn't the applicant tracking system. It was internal because the company didn't know how to use the tool. They had a screwdriver. They were using it as a hammer and they were pissed at the screwdriver. I see that a lot. Yeah. Yeah. So, happen. I mean, with, with you have to look you have to internal first to see if we're actually, and again, as we're talking about bitching about a lot of this stuff, um, you know, we're starting to see all these different um, systems that are really cool and they're bright and shiny. Uh, and and we've heard over and over and over, well, yeah, do we need a chat bot? What the hell do you need it for? Yeah, do you? I mean, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Do you? Do you not? Do you? I mean, and that's the big question. What do you need it for? What do yeah. you? What's it going to do to be able to help you? And this isn't just from the, the sales people aren't getting to your website in the first place. What's the point of paying for it? And it's the same yeah. with social media. Like, do you really need a Facebook careers page just because it's like trendy and cool? Or what's the problem with solving? Maybe you don't, right? Yeah, I'd say probably you you more than likely don't right. need to uh, be spending resources there. I, but I mean, depending on the, your actual uh, company and your outreach and how much uh, Facebook uh, marketing, uh, you do. So, yeah, I mean, I think it really depends on, uh, your initiatives, your social, your yeah. social initiatives at that case. Um, because in some cases, yeah, it, w it does and it will work incredibly well. If you put a budget behind um, it again, because it's pay to play. Yeah. And also you've got to watch because like, you know, I, I'm thinking Marriott's got a really good one, for example, but if I go like the Marriott careers page and my boss sees that I've liked that, what are you up to? <laughs> Thankfully, my boss is lovely and wouldn't care. But um, <laughs> none of your fucking business. That's my answer. That's what stops people liking a page like that. So, but anyway, yeah. you were more making it as a point of do you really need it? I think we're forgetting to ask that question, aren't we? Yeah. Well, in as the, so, the first thing that we need to do as a talent acquisition hr is we need to blow up our processes period we need to de demolish those processes because they're 1990s yes. early 2000 processes we have new technologies mm -hmm. brand spanking new awesome technologies that we're trying to shove this old process into and it's just ridiculous mm -hmm. so the, company, the harder it is though you know, if you're a small startup, if you're these processes, if you're like a small startup, you can just blow it up. But if you're Marriott, it's, it's harder. It doesn't mean you shouldn't do it. But it's I think it's really been, hard because it's red tape. You know, people are justifying their job, so they create, <laughs> a, you know, some, a hoop for you to jump through because then yeah. they look right or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, and look at all this busy work. <laughs> Look at all this busy work I'm doing. I've got this stack of stuff to do over here, yeah. which really that stuff is nothing but a bunch of tasks and bullshit that mm -hmm. could prospectively be taken care of through some of these new technologies. And that, that scares the shit out of not just, I mean, we talk about like sourcing and recruiting being taken over by the bots and all that stuff. And I mean, oh, yeah. it's, it, it, yeah, it, but I mean, there's a lot of process stuff that mm -hmm. could be taken oh, yeah. over. Very easily. I mean, scheduling, being able to, yeah. and we're seeing it on the high volume side, mm. high volume is kicking ass on this. Mm. I was uh, talking to an RPO, they have a case study where they're killing it. Um, they'll turn on a programmatic campaign. So again, the, the job pops in, gets pushed through programmatic, individuals come in if they, and again, this is high volume. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so 
So if they if they meet these the criteria, then they automatically go into the interview scheduling queue within seven minutes. All that is done. Seven minutes. All of it's done. They're scheduled on a calendar for an interview. So, you know, it's like if that can happen in high volume, it can definitely happen just just about anywhere uh there's going to have to be some some more no, you know focused basic i still think it would be really tough in the really shortage of people area but high in volume i get because those people are coming to the website yeah. and they're coming to apply yeah. so they're there whereas the mm -hmm. people that are in short supply as in the people that have the skills that are in short supply obviously yeah. have to get there <laughs> that's the active versus yeah passive, yeah right? so, so you go, i don't think they will jump through so many hoops so I'm not saying oh, there's yeah. not a place. I still think it's great to be able to say, hey, play this quiz and, you know, it will work out from you playing it, whether you're right for us and stuff. Like some, there are some yeah. fun stuff out there. Yeah. I haven't seen no, any so that really work out too well, though. They look nice, but. I say that again, Audra? I haven't seen too many quizzes that really work too well. Yeah, the gamification. Yeah. It depends. It depends, doesn't it? If it's a part of the interview process and it doesn't take forever, yeah, I mean, but mm -hmm. again, you've got to take a look at the market, the unemployment rate that we have now. Mm -hmm. I think in most cases, um, it's it's the same here across the pond. Uh, you know, they're, they're just not going to take the time. Mm -hmm. So if the data is out there, um, I think it's really upon the companies. In, in, in many cases, the companies have. The hiring companies have the data in their applicant tracking system in their candidate database, which sucks. It's there because the search sucks, but the oh, data's there. Yeah, it, the data's there. So now all those candidates that you've paid hundreds of millions of dollars in some cases to compile is now going into atrophy and you're going out here and you're spending money mm -hmm. and you're spending money. It's like these people, if you treated these people right mm -hmm. and you actually re-engaged them the people that you've already spent money for uh, and you had the right kind of matching software. There's really good matching software that's out there. That should be your primary focus, mm -hmm. right? And, and and being able to use some of these new technologies to tap in working behind the scenes, like, like the brain per se, or mm -hmm. really just kind of like the guts um, is, is I think the way to go saving so, money on something that you've already, you've already paid for. Um, but what's frustrating is you spend all this money on an ATS and the sourcing is crap and you have to buy another tool to source it. Like that pisses me yeah. off. Why can't I just source my ATS? Uh, well, the okay, so the old. They they're not they've not but kept up not. with the they've not really kept up with the progress of change of the recruiters who really want to go like in there. Most recruiters will just go out of mm -hmm. the market and start again because they just don't think to use the ATS. But those that do, I think the tech hasn't kept up with their thinking. No, 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 it hasn't. But, but again, I don't think the tech is. I don't think that the, the tech, the actual applicant tracking system, tech is kept up um, because they haven't been focusing on actual talent acquisition as acquiring talent. They've been focusing on onboarding, doing uh, uh, background checks, and, and right. everything after. Right. That's where most of the applicant tracking systems they've done a, a, a fairly good job. I mean, they, they, they partnered in most cases, but they haven't partnered on the other side. They might've at one time plugged in like an eQuest, uh, that one of the dinosaurs of, uh, of job, uh, distribution now. Um, but you don't see a lot of them actually plugging into, mm. uh, like a programmatic and then allowing, 
um, allowing the actual applicant tracking system. I mean, it's it's fairly simple. And this everybody's always bitching about, well, that's a much harder with the integrations. It's like the, the integrations are just really the people and the resources to get that shit done, especially when we're dealing with APIs. Mm-hmm. Um, but you post a rec, it goes out from a programmatic standpoint. No recruiter has to pick where it goes. It goes out programmatically. Mm-hmm. It also goes internal, matches against the database and starts in email campaigns, outreach campaigns or, or, or bot campaigns to be able to pull them in to apply. And again, the tech's out there, but the applicant tracking system so really wasn't meant us to be what tech is out there. <laughs> the tech, I mean, so no, like no, um, no. We talk about, talk about matching. So from a matching standpoint, yeah. um, you know, one of one of one of our one of our uh, our, our sponsors, Uncommon. Uh, Uncommon has uh, matching technology. Hiring Soft has matching technology. Intello mm-hmm. has matching technology. Uh, Opening.io over there in in Wait, Glasgow does, has. Intello is not an ATS though, is it? I thought oh, it was. These just... are all matching. These are all matching yeah, technologies. You have to that, set them over the ATS. Yeah, yeah, there's no ATS that's really doing this. From my understanding, that's doing right. this the right way right now. Um, so those are the kind of like the matching. Mm-hmm. But then you've got all the different programmatic plays that are out there too. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's funny. We just did a demo with um, a company called Talk Push, and uh, they are looking at the applicant tracking system in an entirely different way as they're building, um, right now they have a CRM that is infused with messaging. So WhatsApp, you know, uh, texting, uh, Facebook Messenger, all that stuff. (laughs) Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, but it it has email too, just in case. But (laughs) for the old Yeah, for for all those old people. so it's integrated to to, uh, to that extent. And, you know, he, Max, who's the CEO, is like, you know, look, we want to be able to take over for the ATS because we're this new age thinking. And I think these new technologies that uh, are, are starting to, to, to grow and really mature, you'll see some perspective alternatives to the ATS or what we can call the new ATS. I mean, people want to kind of talk about, well, the ATS is never going away. Well, Okay, whatever. The 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 tasks to that an hold ATS the people's yeah. information, whatever you want to call it, is yeah. not going anywhere. Because you still want to either be able to drill in and find them again or to market to them and keep them interested in case you want to pick them up next year. Right, right, right. So there so are these technologies that are out there. The pool of people? Yeah. <laughs> ABC. Okay, good. A thing um, with people in it. <laughs> that does stuff. So and also like um candidate ID who's over there in, in Glasgow yeah. as well. There's some Glasgow, really honey, cool Glasgow. stuff. Glasgow. Glasgow. Sorry. Glasgow. Not Glasgow. Um, if I, if I, <laughs> it's a bit like saying say so right. what. <laughs> <laughs> fine with. Um, but, I mean, they've got they've got a really cool system yeah. that engages the candidates in, in your applicant tracking system, yeah. but it also engages the individuals who are coming through. So this is real uh, employee engage or in um candidate engagement, but you could use something like that for employees too, right? It's it's being able to use the tool and and adapt it in, in many different ways. And and smart, smart talent acquisition professionals will look at something and say, wow, I can use that for this and this. And mm-hmm. I mean, they'll adapt it. And uh, actually I was talking to, to Eric um, Kostelnik over at 
text recruit during an ISOMS event. Thank you, Audra. Um, and, and it was funny. Yeah, I know. I had to do that. So uh, he, he was actually talking about some of his clients that were there. We were at an ISOMS uh, event and, and we were doing some analyst stuff and some of their clients were there. And he was like, they're teaching us how to use our system every single day. We've got these really cool ways of, and they're like, well, wait a minute, we can branch out and we can do these things. So um, you'll see that with high level talent acquisition, mm -hmm. people who understand recruiting, they understand yeah. sourcing, they understand the process, right? Um, they know how to fit those things in. Yeah. Why doesn't the big ATS, why don't one of them just buy Clint or buy candidate ID? And then they will have, instead of building their own, where they don't really know what they're doing and they're crap at it, why they just, why build their own versus just buy one? Is it just too expensive? Yeah. Uh, I think right now they're waiting for, they're waiting for market uh, to, to, to actually happen. Uh, maybe a turn, who knows, where it's not going to be as, as expensive. Um, maybe some of them are actually trying to get ready for something like that with partnerships. A lot of, a lot of the applicant tracking systems, they like to work through partnerships first to be able to see much like, okay. again, I'm going to go back to, the, I'm going to go back to the, the ISIMS text recruit. They had a partnership, uh, text recruit proved through numbers that they were successful. ISIM says, I want that. So there's this, this proof that has to happen, right? This this business case that ISIMS or that applicant tracking system can actually see. And they're like, okay, well, that's worth spending money on. Mm. So when you see those things happen, a clinch, for instance, awesome, I mean, awesome company. Um, being able to get them embedded in an applicant tracking system to an extent. Mm. Yeah, hey, that's, that's where it comes. I have a strange question, because I was looking for this yeah. while I've been doing my research, my book, um, with Talk Rush. When someone applies, can they actually send an, the dreadful email autoresponder, but maybe buy a lovely GIF in a text or WhatsApp or, because I know there's Convey IQ that does that, but again, it's a plugin, but I'm just curious, are they doing that? Because I love that. Oh. It's so human. Yeah, you can do emojis and all that other stuff. Yeah, because I mean, they're using WhatsApp and it, they're just using... They're just using the messenger the way that the messenger is, is supposed to be used. And so you can uh, set up an autoresponder, but to be quite bright and fun and really yep. engaging. Yep. yep. So you can, they have, they have, it's funny. The only reason I can remember this is because it's like one of the only male uh, chatbots mm. is Stan. Is Stan. So Stan oh, is set up. That's funny. Yeah, Stan is set up uh, in a certain way, but you can obviously switch it over and change names and and uh, and you can focus on any type of um, customized messaging uh -huh. back. They have a standardized messaging protocol, which is really cool, but uh, and nice because you can set it down and just use it. But uh, uh -huh. yeah, the guys that were talk push, it's it's definitely an interesting play, not just in the chatbot land, which uh -huh. everybody wants to talk about because it's more than just chatbot. It's got the CRM infrastructure underneath it as well. Um, but then also looking forward and saying, hey, could this platform possibly take the place of an ATS? I think if you're taking a look at uh, small to medium sized business right out of the mm -hmm. gate, no question. Um, in some cases, some enterprise, th there's a possibility there too. Interesting, slightly different point, but just something to think about with the old chatbots. Uh, I was, I just bought a bit of kit that I'm using for some social media marketing stuff. And they were saying when they change their little messaging thing that pops up, 
to a picture of a non-white male, it's their inbound sales dropped off for the entire week. As soon as they switched back, I just thought, wow, that's so bad. Wow. Yeah. So, so I wonder if you can split test. <laughs> oh, yeah. Pops up and actually work out what gets you the biggest results. And I was just, I mean, horrified to live in a country that would actually not use yeah, wow. Imagine if it was Chad's face. You'd be really screwed. <laughs> oh, that's rude. Don't about that like that. Oh, my God. It's screwed because sales would be flowing in the door and you wouldn't be able to take care of all the orders. Nice comeback. Hire, hire more customer service people. I mean, taking all those would be amazing. <laughs> oh, tonight. Oh, my God. I need a new co-host. Who's up for the job? Debbie? <laughs> Audra, I don't know if this is the time or not, but did you want to, did you want to start having the Gillette conversation? I, I think, yeah, I saw James Ellis over there and I think he'll, he'll, he'll love this one. Yeah. Um, I'm very blown away with why you're so excited about it to start. Okay. Hang on. Does everybody know about the Gillette advert? Yes. <laughs> I will just assume that everyone in the side channel is aware of the Gillette advert. If not, I will DM you the link later. <laughs> yeah, so definitely go to YouTube and um, look at uh, Gillette oh, there you go. and Top Masculinity. Thank That's you. it, Gillette Top Masculinity. Um, and from my standpoint, uh, I think Gillette is, is hitting a home run when it comes to brand. And, and people, you've got to remember, people buy with th their hearts a lot of times, mm -hmm. right? So you take a look at, and I mean, from, from my standpoint, um, something that was much more controversial was, was Nike and Colin Kaepernick. Um, th their, their sales exploded. Online sales blew up 30% more and their stock went up higher than it's ever been can, because can of- Can that be for we who are- You know what I liked? Because it was Sorry. relevant to what they do. I don't know what you're talking about. So uh, I live Colin, across here, across the other side of the pond, and so Nike. I, I assume this has something Nike. to do with that ridiculous football where you all wear lots of stuff. Yes, 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 yes. So yeah, you know, so, Audra. Yeah, tell us about it, Audra. You like well, no, actually, can you just grab it because I I didn't follow it too too much. I just I know of it. yeah. So Colin Kaepernick, um, he he was sitting down during our national anthem uh, to protest. Okay. Um, really kind of like, you know, how the, the, the black community, the African-American community is being treated, uh, by police officers in, in the United States. Okay. Um, so he, right. he, he, he sat down. Okay. Then he actually connected with, uh, uh, an individual, a ranger from the United States, uh, military he said, dude, that's not cool. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, you shouldn't do that. And, and, and so they had a conversation and he said, well, you know, I, I totally get what you're saying. And I appreciate that. Um, if you remember the 68, I think it's the 68 Olympics when, when the, uh, the uh, track athletes actually, you know, had the, the, the black um, gloves on, black socks. And, you know, they were, again, they were protesting during the national anthem. Mm -hmm. um, this is a different way to do that. But instead of sitting, take a knee because we take a knee for our fallen soldiers. I was in right. the military for 20 years. And, and that really, I mean, that meant something to me, mm -hmm. you know, being able to, to do that. So anyway, behind that Nike actually had an entire advertising campaign with Colin Kaepernick because he was pretty much, 
uh, kicked out of the, the, the NFL. I don't want to say kicked out. Nobody would hire him, put it that way. And because, um, to so be Nike fair, he's, played, he, he's paid to play football, not mm-hmm. to protest on their dime. So I kind of get that. Yeah, but as a human being, you also have a response, a social responsibility. If you were in the limelight, you have a social responsibility. He felt like he had yeah. a social responsibility. Yeah, I get that. And, and apparently the people watching this ad agreed and Nike's sales exploded. Um, first they dropped yeah, because people were, were bur- they were burning their, their, their no, Nike shoes. I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. It's like they they actually burn? And- I can't imagine they burn. Don't they melt? <laughs> yeah. So anyway, so, so from that, of shit you got to find out. <laughs> from that standpoint, right? It's like you're selling shoes. I mean, really, you're selling shoes. But right. they got behind something from a social standpoint. This is exactly what Gillette is doing. Gillette first came out with uh, the Shaquem. I can't remember his last name, but he plays for uh, the um, Seattle Seahawks. Mm-hmm. And he, uh, he's an individual with disability. He's missing one of his hands. Mm-hmm. And he's playing uh, NFL football. And everybody's like, well, wait a minute. He's an individual with a disability. It's like, yeah, no. He's he's not disabled. You are. He's playing in the NFL, yeah. right? So that, if he can catch the ball. Yeah, it doesn't matter, right? Yeah. So he, he – um, they, they had a whole story behind him. Mm-hmm. And again, they're building that brand. This yeah. is what we believe in. But what about this is what we believe or shaving? That's why huh? I think they're just jumping on the bandwagon of me too, so they can make a ton of money. And maybe it's working, but I don't get what it has to do with their now, any, now with the whole, the whole toxic because ma- masculinity. Their whole, their whole thing for 20 years is the best a man can get. So they're playing on that. Now I was saying, I because think a female that. watching that ad will always go, yeah, fair play. Men should be, you know, stepping up and blah, blah, blah. But I think that the toxic masculinity men watching that advert wouldn't get it at all. And that's who should get it. And they're the ones buying the razors. So I do wonder what they're up to. They're not the only ones buying the razors. Gillette makes razors for females too. So yeah, but I, at men. I don't believe that. I don't believe that at all. Oh. I believe that if, if in my wife, I was actually talking to my wife about it and yeah. she's like, you know, I, she felt something as well. And she was talking and we actually started discussing about, you know, it's not about, it's, it, it doesn't make masculinity bad. It's the toxic, toxic. pieces. Yeah. Just to t- get rid of that shit. I mean, hmm. you know, uh, the, the, the areas where, you know, bullying, and you know fighting and all these aggressive behaviors those are things that you can pull out i mean i'm a guy who i was trained in the military uh as an mmf mma fighter so like a ufc fighter and also instructor mm-hmm. shoot weapons i love all that stuff that to me i just i love it and that's that's masculine um i i watched this and i'm like yeah you know i was that dick who actually mansplained things before i don't do that anymore Cause that's dumb. Right. Um, I think it's a time for us to be able to recognize hmm. where we're really fucking up and change who we are. And that's, so you see that in the commercial, you yeah. see all of this, the bullying, the mansplaining, the, the, all these things, right. Mm-hmm. The boys will be boys with a bunch of guys behind their grills. Uh-huh. And then it switches Yeah, and it start, you start to see, um, one of the dads come out from behind the grills, two boys are fighting. He, he splits them up and says, Hey, we don't treat each other like this. Mm. And that was a point where it's like, yeah. And 
So that in itself is a brand and you start to associate yourself with that brand, much like Nike did with Colin Kaepernick. There's that I can associate. I believe in in sports and that goes with Nike. This whole pitch versus shaving, I just am missing that. It's not about shaving. Their whole slogan has been the best a man can get. Like, so a man can be the best. It's they're just, just a play on their words that they've been using for 20 years. They're yeah, really yeah, known yeah, for that I slogan. But I did yeah. love, um, so off air, sorry guys, I'm going to reiterate, uh, for you two, not for them. Um, my friend Catherine pointed out how hypocritical it is because they've been so about, oh, a woman with shaved legs, she's a goddess. And she's so, oh, she just needs to swell and twirl, which is really hilarious because the Greek goddess is like kicked ass. But she has a point. And why are we paying for a plastic product, not even a steel product, that costs more money because it's pink? Yeah, why don't we get a tall? To be fair, for years I used a men's one until I finally gave it and got a girly one. But, you know, because it's like... That actually took that millions of dollars for those ads and donated it to a women's charity or whatever, like... But she what she was pointing out is for years you've been playing and selling your razors on the inequality of men and women, and now you're suddenly switching it around. Like make your mind up. Well, and here's the thing. I I believe that first and foremost, the pink tax should not exist. You guys know what that is, right? Yeah. I don't think that's on razors. I think that's on tampons. Yeah, it costs pretty much the same to make a man's razor than it does a female's yeah. razor, but the female razor is more. So oh, the pink tax, yeah, yeah, the pink tax needs to go away. First I don't off. Think number pink number on razors. It's on. Well, it's I think on it's on sanitary everything. products and things like that. Number two, here's where the rubber meets the road. If Gillette is actually being equal and they're focusing on mm. equality within the ranks of their mm. organization mm-hmm. not just in hiring but also in leadership do they have equity within you know people of color uh gender equality mm. and pay equality throughout that right mm-hmm. that is where if they that, that's the most important piece from me and from an employer brand standpoint so i'm trying to pivot here now yep. as i take a look at that ad and put your money i and I think, yeah, oh, wow, you know, I would want to work for an organization like that. They, that, that, that's awesome, right? But the question is, are they actually walking the walk and and focusing on equality and equity? That's the big key, right? Or did they just spend millions of dollars on a nice ad that is is touching and beautiful? But yeah, prove that it really. We need to find yeah. something that works at Gillette and show the breakdown of the staff and board and everything. Like, um, Palantir and was the other company? Oh, you talked about that. Oracle. Yes. Oracle. Oracle. It was on Julie's yeah. podcast, which we could do a shout out for. That was impressive. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So definitely chadcheese.com. Go subscribe. Um, and then my, my wife. This is why we have Tor- fewer subscribers, Audra. We need to go. Yeah. Go subscribe, people. My wife, who is, uh, she's actually works for Disability Solutions. They build disability hiring programs for major Fortune 500 companies, oh, has cool. partnered up with Torn Ellis, who is awesome. uh, amazing. Yeah, amazing, amazing. Uh, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so uh, the podcast is called Crazy and the King. So you can go to, you can go to uh, iTunes, Google, what have you. Uh, it's on Podbean, Google it, whatever, but Crazy and the King. They talk about it, and then Joel and I talked about it. They just did a better job than we did. Um, yeah, Palantir. Messy stuff. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you you heard it. Yeah, I've been talking I didn't. enough. Audrey. So feel free to well, share with me. I guess they were to ask and them. <laughs> and I wonder. Well, I guess they were asked to share their diversity statistics, and they said right. they couldn't because um, it would it would affect it would affect their hiring because it was yeah it was a trade secret or it was all BS. And in the end, it came out. How did it actually come out in the end? They had to share it. They had to share it. Actually, the the reveal, um, which is which is a obviously a, a website that was digging deep into this this because uh, the the company, if you know Peter Thiel, who I think is a total douchebag, he's a billionaire, but he's a douchebag. Um, the, he's a co-founder of this company that gets hundreds of millions of dollars, probably billions, in U.S. government contracts. So the U.S. government comes back and says, okay, you have to abide by these rules. We want to see your hiring numbers. Are you hiring in an equitable, equitable way? People of color, veterans, gender, all that stuff, and, and also pay. And they're like, oh, no, we can't show you that. Because if we show you that, oh, then, all of our, then all of our competitors are going to know that we are full of women and people of color and so on and so forth. Oh, no, like all the women a, are going to want a pay rise. <laughs> it was a crock of bullshit is what it was. It was a crock of bullshit. They weren't. As a matter of fact, there were hundreds. And this is just in Silicon Valley. There were hundreds of companies that they put up against uh, – or Palantir was a part of yeah. this uh, this analysis. And Palantir, I think it was like 175 companies or something like that. Uh, Palantir was in the bottom four. Ooh. Bottom four. Yeah. So. Where Gillette was. I so, want to know. Got, I'm into, yeah. yeah. No, that, maybe I'll reach out to the reveal and say, hey, look, yeah. love this ad, love what they're talking about, but are they bullshitting us? Because that would be the real story. If it's true, great. What's that? That is the real if it is true, then great. There's no question. Are they hiring individuals with disabilities as they're doing right, the ad, uh, huge, ad, huge ad with the, with the dude who has a disability, work through it, awesome story, but are they walking yeah. the walk instead of just talking the talk? Yes. So how much do you think candidates pay attention to that stuff? The ads are really numbers. We've all sat here because we're in the industry, right? So we think about it that way and have gone, actually, you know what? The ad's great, but would we work there if we found it was hypocritical? No, we wouldn't. But the average candidate. Yeah. I think think if there was news that it was hypocritical, that they would definitely pay attention. It depends on it depends on how long they've been in the workforce and if they've seen these issues in the workforce before or not. So I hate to give you an answer and say, oh, everybody thinks about this. No, I don't, I don't know that they would. Yeah. yeah but I think agree. actually I think- from a company point of view, if you're going to go pull a stunt like this, because I still think it's a bit of a stunt. I agree with you, Audrey, even though I'm kind of trying to play devil's advocate. You actually probably do need to now think it through the whole way through the process. How's that going to impact our employees? Are they going to think it's hypocritical? And how's it going to impact our hiring? But I don't imagine any company does. I imagine over here, a bit like your you know, employer branding, employee experience. That's marketing. See, that's the thing is that in, in, in Audra's Audra's right from the standpoint of marketing, advertising to boost and drive sales yeah. versus reality of the actual corporate culture. Right. Do those are those two together or are they entirely separate? Hmm. Um, it, that, that's that's the big question. Yeah. I would say they're probably uh, maybe scrambling to, to, to fix that yeah. if if they even know to fix it. Yeah. Well, the more transparent the world becomes. If not, they just need to hire Julie, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just 
please. Yeah, hire Julia. It'd be awesome. <laughs> Sounds like what she does must be incredibly satisfying. What a great job. Yeah. Right. And just to, again, throw throw that out a little bit from a numbers standpoint, it is all about numbers, mm -hmm. right? So she works with companies like uh, Pepsi and Synchrony Financial to be able to drive actual hire, hiring for individuals with disabilities. Yeah. And they have, uh, I think it's like approaching 1,500 or so hires within those companies, mm -hmm. those few companies alone. But does she um, hires or does she tie it back, like you were saying, to sales? Can she, can she do? Yeah. Well, I, and that's the thing is that as they start to build those numbers, because she is a data geek, I love it. Um, she's actually going to marketing and she's working with marketing and saying, hey, look, the uh, individuals with disability population is huge, which means, guess what? Buying power. Buying power, buying power. There's a word for it over here. There's something pound. Yeah. That I always thought there was pink pound, but it's not something else. The the so, family because also it's the families of and it, and the friends of and oh yeah, yeah but also there's yeah. a retention point of view because they're so excited to have work they stay there's a loyalty oh, well, side and, yeah she has retention numbers and retention yeah. numbers are far higher than yeah. than uh, just your average yeah. employee and they who have, comes to work for us they have fewer sick days as well so we've had um, Jane Hatton on before haven't we from Even Break fewer sick days because they just they're used to having to push through stuff. I mean, they're just very resilient. It's I'm grossly generalizing, of course, but it's yeah. <laughs> that's that's hmm? that was yeah. Yeah, yeah. Julie, she's I've heard her speak a couple of times. She's so awesome. Yeah, I'm sure she'd be more than happy to come on the show and talk about this. She's got much more data than I can share. Yeah, very cool. Uh, so, what else do we touch base on? I wouldn't mind. Well, how have we gone right off this technology top topic though? Yeah. I thought you were talking about like ATS is stuck on top of CRM, stuck on top of something else, all glued together with sellotape. Yeah. So, so what? Yeah. What's the? I mean, what's the biggest issue you guys believe with all this tech that's really exploding? And I mean, we're seeing more tech in this industry than we have uh, ever. I think the candidate um, what's experience the still sucks. So uh, all I see recruiters doing that's my whole book is basically about stop hiding behind the tech and treating people worse. And that's what that, that's it. They've now got more tech to hide behind. We're the talent acquisition team. Thanks, Audra, for your application. I'm now going to file it in the bin. People come in for six hours of interviews. No, can't we ask going back to them? It was like, but we've got a feedback tool, but nobody's using it. It's like, yeah, sorry, don't mind me. Just having a mild rant. Yeah, no, and, and, and I mean, Internet experience has has sucked forever. Yeah. I mean, because Apple tracking systems were not built for candidate experience. They were built to to track candidates. That's what they were built for. Um, so, I mean, what kind of platforms have you seen that are out there that actually help uh, engage and keep those individuals so, fresh? I mean- Well, some of the ones that'll actually kick people out of the process. So you you, you get them to deselect first. And then um, I saw, have you seen Hone It? Hone It. Yes. Right. Oh my God, yeah. how cool is that, right? Save yeah. time. Then you have time to feed back to people politely that are actually like what your job as a recruiter, once they're an actual candidate, is to keep them engaged the whole way through and to reject them nicely or hire them. That's your job. So I love like a tool like that that's actually helping you to save time. Mm -hmm. And there, there, implementation <laughs> though at that I mean, it's all about implementation because yeah. you can try to stick something into it. If you haven't changed your process, then it really just kind of screws everything up. It's, and it's all up here. No it's recruiters up here. There needs to be a mindset change. 
And it's amazing when you've got, what, 4%, is it, unemployment, that there hasn't been more of a mindset change. Everyone should be sitting up going, oh, my God, how the hell do I keep Chad in this process? What do I have to do? I'll bend over backwards, whatever. What do I have to do? Yeah, so, I mean, bad candidate. Those, 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 like, this is an interviewing platform. So hone it interviewing platform, really cool platform. I mean, do recruiters just really love interviewing people? I mean, because I, to be quite frank, I would love to, for something to interview people for me so that I could go and just, you know, have the hiring manager do their thing and away we go. I mean, that would save uh, how much time. It works. Judging by people don't like automatic video interviewing, I don't imagine they'd even like automatic call interview. I think at that point it is nice to talk to someone. And a call takes 20 minutes to half an hour. It's not a huge amount to do that initial screen. Hmm, really? Debbie, how can you sell a candidate you don't know? Yeah. Yeah. And actually the automatic robot wouldn't wouldn't have the right questions to ask. We're not there yet. Yeah, we might end up. So, we're not there yet. So, like the, on the front end, to be able to do the light screening around basic qualifications, mm. uh, to be able to get them going the right direction, yeah, uh, instead of just taking everybody in mm. and then having to sift through, yeah. a bunch of garbage. But there are tools to do that, aren't there already? Yeah. So, but yeah. then I love it. Then you get to the phone screen, and then it's like, okay, I just thought that tool was amazing. That's one of the good ones I've seen. Uh, one thing that's really scaring me is that I feel like so many HR um, teams use this one big platform that works well for them and they spend a million dollars and they're happy with it and they don't like all these other tools and th so they want recruiting to use that platform too. And I'm seeing that more and more and it seems like a mess. I wonder if it's ever going to get fixed or if it's that company's going to take over the world. Workday? Um, so, so, yeah. <laughs> I mean, was that you not saying who it was, Audra? <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, this is, this companies, they're all going there just because HR says they have to and they want one tool. Like instead of, and I get you don't want layers, you get that. But you, what are you doing to your recruiting teams? Yeah. In some cases, I mean, this, is ha this has been happening for over a decade. I mean, yeah. you talk about like the oracles of the world or what have you going in and saying, hey, look, they're talking to the CIO. They're not talking to HR and it's like, oh, hey, you can have this, you can have this ATS thing that we have mm -hmm. not going to cost you a penny. Well, I mean, you know, it will, but we're not going to tell you about it. Um, so, I mean, this is, it's, it's the decision being made. Where, where is the decision being made first? Yeah. Yeah. If, if it's happening at the technology information officer yeah. side of the house. Um, it, it's really hard to win there and mm. you're going ha to have to start to bolt on different products and platforms right. because what they gave you was a piece of shit in the first place. So, okay. you what you, what you said about it impacting a recruiter. One of my clients um, has tennis elbow. So every single click matters, right? Oh. And they put in a new system, not completely ignoring her as the recruiter in the company. They just said, we're having this new symptom. She was in tears. She was in so much pain because there were so many more clicks involved. Mm -hmm. So such a simple thing, but nobody consulted the actual people using the system to do the actual hiring. Like you just said, yeah. Jeff, you, CIO. User experience. Yeah. yeah. User experience. Yeah. Crazy. And you would think that you would think that the CIO would care about user experience to an extent because there's adoption there mm. and adoption means usage. So instead of working outside the system, I mean, because that's what that's what happens. You want mm -hmm. to be able to gain total adoption inside 
the system that you've put in place. But if it's a piece of shit system, people work outside of the system. They buy other things. Yeah. People today buy other things and they just don't use that system. Yeah. Right. The system of record per se, they don't use it, which means they are, they're at risk. You're not saving money in the end, like you thought you were. They're buying other tools. <laughs> That's true. Now, have you seen how exactly. that today can solve that problem on top of that big thing we talked about that works? Because it seems like they're all everyone's trying. I've seen. I know a lot of yeah. companies are trying, and they and I think they'll probably get there. But I haven't seen one you could plop on top and it makes it a good user experience for recruiters. Have you? Yeah. No. I think. Uh, I think a lot of what you need to do, especially for you just can't get out of that system is the, is the hard part. You have to do as much as you can up front. So uh, whether it's like for sourcers and recruiters um, being able to use like a system like the in commons or the, the um, hiring solved or, or what have you to do a lot of that upfront sourcing mm-hmm. that can dip into the database, pull the candidates out of the database, your, your ATS, yeah. and then also get, uh, get candidates in, 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 in other ways where they're active or, or what have you. Um, how much work. And again, you're doing everything that you can to be effective outside of this system that you're supposed to be using. That's the hard part, right? But that's what we've been doing for hell, close to 20 years now. Yeah. Do you go get worse or better? Yeah. I, I think as, <laughs> as we see companies acquire um, more companies to try to build these mega systems, it gets worse because they don't do anything well. Yes. Right. They, they do all, they do a shitty job all the way around with all different systems. Right. Yeah. Um, so I think, you know, watching some of these companies who are doing some, some, some basic strategic acquisition, but also doing partnership and allowing those companies who do, what they do, whether they're matching companies or they're chatbot companies or whatever they do to do it right. Right. And then them not having to split resources to be able to, to try to do it themselves. Um, That's the best strategic option today. Um, Will you start to see prospective acquisitions happening because of that? Yeah. Um, The big key though, and and again, I, I don't want to keep beating this drum, but you take a look at the ISIMS text recruit, um, acquisition, right? Text Recruit is still working as its own company, right? So that they can keep focus on sales, marketing, all those things. They're not, they're not, you know, iSIMS Text Recruit. They are just Text Recruit. Uh, Eric's still in place. And I think Colin and the team over there have really um, prioritized effectively and saying, look, we know that this is right. We know our, our clients need this and want this, but we also want to keep the team in place and have the priority on them focusing on this this product and this platform instead of just ingesting the entire thing into the platform and then it just dying. But if that so that worked really well for them, why are they building their own recruitment marketing platform or CRM? Why don't they just buy one? I don't get it. Because <laughs> they're gonna build a crappy one, I'm telling you. <laughs> they might they might see the thing is when you start when you're a company the size of ISIMS who just got a, a, a very nice investment. Um, you have the opportunity to start the building process and then also have the conversations in the courting to see if what's out there can actually match what you're starting to build. So, I mean, you know, depending on some of those platforms, um, who knows? So just before we have five whole minutes to go. Oh, beautifully planned. Already? 
by the way, next week we have Tracy Parsons talking about whether the application process actually matters. And <laughs> that will be quite, that goes quite well with this, if I'm honest. But, I love Tracy. Like yeah, well, Tracy. yeah, now, now she's gone out on her own, we can actually get an hour of her time. I have tried to get her on the show <laughs> for two years. <laughs> uh-huh. So, uh-huh. Yeah, so it's like, oh, finally. So yeah, I'm super excited about that. It's, yeah, it's very direct as well. So, and she's got some research to share, so it'll be quite cool. Nice. So what's the Thanks. next event you're at? You, you told us, but which one's next? Chat. What's next? I'm sorry. What's what's the next event that you're going to be at with Joel? With Joel? We're we're going to uh, Banff uh, in yeah Alberta, Canada for the Colt Gathering, huge brand uh, brand conference, pretty awesome. Um, but yeah, I mean we're I'm I'm working on the site right now. You go to chadcheese.com. We're going to have the the meet us link up so that you can actually see exactly where we're going. I mean, we've got like 20 different events that we already have scheduled for this year. So it's, oh. again, it's, it's Chad Cheese <laughs> Global global Domination. Right, you've got the that's, podcast, you've got the events. Anything anything else planned that's, or for next year that's? This year, well, this year, sweetie, we've yeah. just changed years. <laughs> oh, okay, because I, th- I bet you're thinking far ahead. <laughs> Uh, other than, I mean, other than again, launching new podcasts. So I'm, I'm actually producing the crazy in the King podcast, um, and getting that pushed out there. So there are plenty of voices that are out there that are interesting voices, right? You've got a bunch of bold ones. There are some interesting voices that are out there that need to be heard. Including Um, us. Yeah. Well, you're already. (laughs) You already have your own thing here. I, I, I'm, thing. I'm channeling my inner Chad. <laughs> yeah, so so um, I'm I'm really looking at just from my standpoint, helping those voices get off the ground, mm-hmm. building podcasts behind them, um, being able to to really help them kind of shortcut into getting into podcasting. Uh, and uh, yeah, we'll be doing just a ton of promotion this year. Last year we did some promotion; it was really fun. Um, but this year, it's 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 not even going to compare. It is ridiculous. And I'm expecting more free beer, right? Oh yeah, this is always free beer. And anybody watching, if you need to send me free beer, just hit me up on LinkedIn and uh, yeah. Facebook, whatever. But yeah, I go suddenly get a whole lot of beer emojis sent to you. <laughs> Thank you so much for being on our humble little show with our entire dedicated 32 people over there. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, We're going to get to Chad and Cheese volume. We are. We're going to emulate everything you do. We're just going to copy behind you. (laughs) We'll be there. Just be be authentic and cuss a lot. And I mean, and then, yeah. Audrey never swears on this show. Ever. We can probably no. we can probably switch. We can probably like switch where we can pull Audra into Chad and Cheese for me, and then I can pop on the show here. Katrina, we can do that kind of thing. Yeah, so you and I just like, swear the whole time. It'd be great. Exactly. <laughs> Audra won't <Yeah>. swear. <laughs> Fucking ridiculous. I've heard her off stage. Right. Anyway, thank you everybody. Thank you, Chad, for joining us. Audra, thank you. We shall see you next week with Tracy Parsons at the same time. So have a great weekend, everybody. Thanks again. Yeah. Bye. Bye. Bye.